Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Daryl Kalavig, CIO at Riverwood Healthcare Center. In this segment, Kalavig talks about the workflow design process his team went through after going live with Epic, how a new CEO helped drive the decision to become an integrated system, and the strategy they used to communicate with the staff throughout the implementation process. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Improvada, the healthcare IT security company ranked number one by class for secure messaging and single sign-on. For more information, visit their website at improvada.com. Hi, Daryl. Thank you so much for taking some time to speak with healthsystemcio.com. No problem. It's a pleasure. So to give our readers and listeners some background, uh, can you talk about Riverwood Healthcare Center, what you have in the way of hospital beds, uh, clinics, and where you're located, things like that? Sure. Riverwood Healthcare Center is a critical access facility. So we have 25 med surge beds, uh, four ICU beds, and then we have three OB suites. Uh, we are located in north central Minnesota, pretty much uh, straight west of Duluth, Minnesota, about 85 miles. So uh, we're pretty close to the center of the state in the northern third of uh, Minnesota. And are you uh, considered a standalone, or do you have any um, kind of affiliations with other organizations? Uh, we are a standalone critical access facility. Uh, I did forget to mention that we do have three clinics as well. One is attached right here in Aitken, uh, Minnesota, with the hospital. And then we have two clinics, one located in McGregor, Minnesota, which is about 20 miles to the east of us, and then one in Garrison, Minnesota, which is about 20 miles to the south of us, right on the northwestern edge of Malax Lake. Okay. At this point, are there any affiliations or partnerships with uh, oh. other hospitals? We are a standalone facility, but we do have an affiliation with Alina Health out of Minneapolis. Uh, we are termed as one of their non-owned affiliates. And what that means to us is uh, we just went live with the new EHR that Alina Health is providing with for us. Okay. Uh, it's an epic ambulatory and hospital-based replacement that we pursued uh, moving away from Meditech and e-clinical works. Okay, so that's the service that they extend out um, to, to other hospitals, just uh, in the interest of uh, being able to uh, uh, let the information flow a little bit better between facilities? Uh, correct, correct. And as far as transfers out of our facility for specialty care, be it cardiology or neurology or various things like that, uh, specialties that we don't have here. A lot of those go to the Minneapolis area, and they specifically go to Alina-based hospitals. And so a large amount of our transfer-out traffic is uh, to Alina. 
and then they host the Epic application for us. And we just went live on that April 1st uh, this year. So okay. we're just a little over a month into it now. Okay, yeah, that, that's uh, very new. In. And so um, you're just about a little bit about little bit over a month after go live and uh how are things going at that point i know that that's that's a big question but well i always kind of want to knock on wood here but uh (laughs) extremely well the uh implementation of excellion is what they brand name epic for all their affiliates and so our excellion go live was april 1st and we relatively had no system issues. Uh, there are some workflow things. Uh, we went through a workflow design process for pretty much every area uh, that went live. And there were some issues there, some unanticipated things there where we are going back and then modifying the workflow in some departments. Uh, to better accommodate the use of EPIC within those departments. But uh, from our goal live, uh, we we still haven't hit 100 issues yet, which is extremely good. So, uh, And they all seem to be mostly kind of workflow process-related issues. Right. So the kind of things that that you would expect in uh, you know having to everyday actual usage of a new system. Correct. Correct. Okay. Okay. What was the planning phase like as far as uh, you know going to this new system? Well, <laughs> that kind of started with our new CEO coming in, uh, uh, essentially asking questions as to why. We had two EHR systems, one for our ambulatory side and one for our hospital-based uh, side. Because right. um, he strongly believed that those should be integrated, and and that is true. An integrated EHR for hospital and ambulatory is considerably more effective, more efficient than trying to run two of them with interfaces because there are always gaps in those kind of uh, integration attempts. So uh, we started talking with a couple of large EPIC sites within Minnesota, and we essentially decided on Alina uh, primarily because of our transfers, medical transfers, specialty transfers that occur. So they seemed the logical choice, and we went down that road. Uh, A nine-month implementation plan, uh, and so we went full bore with that starting back in August of uh, 2015 with our kickoffs and implemented April 1. Okay, so that's fair, fairly fast, especially uh, for Epic, which uh, you know we always hear that does require a huge amount of, of planning and uh, you know just the the change management uh, aspect of uh, a new system. And and how how was that something that that you worked with? Uh, the change management side. Yes. Well, 
this is all part of the implementation process that Alina uses in implementing affiliates. Um, they've done quite a number of these affiliate implementations, so they have the implementation pretty much down to uh, science almost. Yeah. And so that part of it was very, very scripted. We did a lot of communications uh, to all of the Riverwood staff in relation to Epic or Excellium coming in. And uh, from an administrative level, uh, all of us were really doing a lot of communications uh, to the Riverwood staff uh, providing what the expectations were, all of our time frames, our progress uh, to date. Uh, we actually had newsletters that uh, we prepared that went out for sure every month. And then as we got a little bit closer to go live, they would go out every two weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, explaining statuses, uh, progress, uh, various types of things related to the implementation, right. and then giving accolades to various areas on what kind of achievements they've made. And um, so we really tried to uh, focus on the positive side of it. It was a lot of work. Granted, it was a lot of work. Yeah. And people were really burning the wick at both ends, and uh, they were tired and a little bit frustrated on occasions, but uh, because of the workload and the short time frame. Uh, but we endured, and uh, in general, the people are pretty happy right now that it's over and yeah. Uh, relatively few issues uh, outside of some of those workflow process issues that I had talked about. Right. When you have a roadmap to, to go by, that's something that, that certainly does help. But um, workflow, of course, can be unique depending on the organization and, and the individuals. Yes. And what, what are some of the, the processes for, for handling the requests that come in or just the, the, the challenges that they're experiencing from a workflow perspective? Well, those workflow teams essentially just get back together. Sometimes the workflow teams did work a little bit in a silo, and some of this is cross-department uh, types of workflow that are affected. So they made a much more stronger effort to pull in departments that were affected by their workflow. And then they would discuss the problems and issues uh, of the current workflow and come up with a new workflow design that would satisfy not only the main department, but also those that are affected by downstream workflow as well. Right. So, and we are still working on some of those, so. Sure. And um, you mentioned that uh, a lot of this started with, with the, the new CEO. Um, and how long has the new CEO been there? Um, let's see, um, as of this year, he will have been here three years. Uh, so he started in 2013. Okay. In July of 2013. 
It's interesting when uh, when you have somebody new who comes in and, and asks what is what really is a question that makes a lot of sense as far as that the two EHRs. But you know we, we know that this is never a short simple answer. So was that um, was that was that a tough situation or was it just a matter of um, you know really just communicating and and you know talking about where the organization stands and and where it needed to go. Um. You know, it was a desire to get to a single EHR. Um, we did have a fairly high level of dissatisfaction on our hospital-based EHR with things being difficult uh, for our providers, our hospitalists and rounders that we use within, within the facility. They were frustrated uh, with the existing uh, hospital-based EHR and then the lack of integration uh, uh, between the ambulatory side of our organization and then the hospital side. So there was definitely acceptance and willingness to make the move based on some of the issues and ongoing issues that we have had between the hospital and ambulatory from a continuity of care perspective and being able to transition easily between the ambulatory setting and the hospital setting. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.